Hi, I'm your host, Rick Sessinghouse, and excited to launch Flow Golf Podcast. Each episode, we will share stories, interview experts, and share cutting edge strategies for peak performance. Here's my co-host, Hallam Morgan, to explain more about Flow Code Golf. Thanks, Rick. Flow Code Golf is a framework of strategies, principles, and techniques that take us from fear to the state of flow, the state of optimal performance, and the zone where we play our best golf. You can find out more about Flow Code Golf at www.flowcode.golf. And I just want to finish up by saying this podcast is as much your podcast as it is ours. So please ask questions, provide feedback, and get engaged. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Rick, again, another episode. So excited to dive into another conversation. I'm absolutely loving every single one of these. Today, what I want to talk about is this puzzle of performance. There's a lot of different pieces that make up that puzzle. And I want to, just, I want to kind of discuss from your perspective, over the last 30 years of coaching that you've been through, the experience, the knowledge that you've gained, what makes up that puzzle? What are the pieces that make up that perfect puzzle? No, and it's a great question because when I started learning golf, uh, 40 years ago now, but teaching golf now for 30 years, I think most golfers go through this um, learning phase that golf is first about technical skills, which I agree. I have to learn how to grip a club. I need to learn how to strike a ball with solid contact, get the face fairly straight to get the ball going somewhat towards my target. And I need to learn the mechanics of putting and bunker play. Those are the skill sets that, that have to be learned. Okay. The other puzzle pieces we'll talk about later are certainly important, but let's be honest, we, there's a technical side to this game. And so that's why getting good swing instruction and, and such is, uh, it's a paramount for you to reach your potential. And I think part of that is in this day and age where we have so much data collection and we have so much technology, it seems like we have a clear idea of how, how to perform it. Doesn't mean we always know how to do it. Um, and we like, we're going towards that Holy grail of perfect golf swing and perfect track man numbers and stuff. And I get that yet there is, if there's no shortcuts when it comes to technical, you have to put some work in, there has to be some practice. There has to be, but I think part of that is clarity of what am I working on with my technique? And I think people jump some steps. I don't think they master their fundamentals as well as they could for the swing and for the putting and those different things. So the first major puzzle piece, let's let's not say it's not, is we need to learn how to play the game, which is the technical side, the mechanical side of all those shots, right? And there's so much information out there, but I really want to emphasize is let's keep it as simple as possible in the learning process so you can build on it. And and it doesn't always have to be about confusion, which I find a lot of golfers in. So first puzzle piece, you got to learn how to play it through mechanics and technical side, um, that is a whole other discussion, but got to do that, right? Cool. Then I think what happens as a coach is I certainly had a good understanding of what the swing should look like or what the ball flight should do or this chipping motion should do. But I found with some of my students, they physically couldn't do it. So I could have say, hey, I want you to swing like Colin Morikawa and good luck. I don't think you have the same hip <laughs> speed. I don't think. And so it was, it's a disservice to tell somebody here, here's the, the Holy Grail, Rory McIlroy, Colin, da, da, hit swing like them. It's like, okay, but if you physically can't do it, 
then we, we've got no chance. So I think the next uh, element is physically structure governs function. Is my structure able to do what I'm trying to do? And throughout the years, I've, you know, I've been certified through TPI, Eternal uh, Titles Performance Institute. I've done work with plenty of wonderful physical therapists, work with physical trainers at a, a company called UGP. And I've gotten to understand how the body works better. But now that that golfer needs to take ownership of, hey, I need to do some stretching. I need to do some core building. I need it if I want to get to the level I want to get to. Okay. You certainly can do nothing on the physical end. Uh, you can get injured more. You can not be able to do what you want to do. But there is, again, that another puzzle piece when it comes to physical training. Can my structure of my body actually do what I want it to do on the swing standpoint? So before I get into a uh, couple of the other puzzle pieces, was there any kind of feedback from you? No, I think they're, they're two very important fundamentals that people need to essentially take advantage of and, and make sure they prioritize before they move into any of the other areas. So the technical, you can't argue with. I think one piece that I want to add to the technical, and this kind of will, will come into the later pieces as well, but actually understanding, having knowledge on the game. So making sure that when you are out on the golf course, you're aware of what certain lies are going to do and actually having that intelligence. So not only your technical abilities as well, to be able to understand what positions you need to get in and how the golf swing works and even short game putting, but actually understanding how to make good decisions and what you should do to counteract certain environments. And I know that's something you're huge on, Rick, because a lot of your lessons are out on the golf course. I believe you said 90% or so of the lessons that you did with Colin were on the golf course rather than on the driving range. So yes, there's that technical ability, but there's also the understanding in how to deal with the environment and having that knowledge and that intelligence that's so vital as well. Yeah, no, you bring up a good point, which I know we'll talk about here in a moment is I can have great technical skills on a range and I can get all my track man numbers, but is it transferable? Are those skills transferring on the golf course? Are they transferring when I need them most, which was kind of part of my evolution as a coach too, is I wasn't honestly, I wasn't happy with the, the results I was getting from my students. So I have to look at my own coaching and say where there's a disconnect. Now, before we get more into that answer, you know, there's another puzzle piece, which I am not an expert. I don't know. I'll believe, uh, but, but you and I have talked about creating teams is, is club fitting, right? Is getting club fit properly and getting the appropriate equipment is a, a key puzzle piece. Um, nowadays, we've got these wonderful, like with TaylorMade, we have the kingdom down there. And in Carlsbad, California, we have these wonderful ways of club fitting to get what's the best equipment for you uh, to help you optimize performance. So we can put those big puzzle pieces together, but it still doesn't mean we're going to play great golf or play up to our potential. And again, I like what you, you talked about there is how do I now actually perform? Is it different than how did I swing on the range? And then again, this is a big part of it is the other puzzle piece, like you said, when I'm on the golf course, the decision-making and understanding the different lies and the different conditions. And do I have that shot? I have to learn that shot. Hey, what's the cause and effect? Those things I think comes from experience and obviously from coaches that can help really minimize that learning curve, shorten it, because I've been doing this a long time. I pretty much know all these different situations already from the mistakes I've made, from other players have seen it. But if I can shorten that curve, I think is very important. So I think that does segue kind of into the, the other major puzzle piece. Okay. Now, remember, there's small puzzle pieces within each one of these buckets. We, we have technical skills that have related to every shot you're going to ever hit. There's a lot of technical part of that. 
physicality. There's a lot of stuff with our fitness, with, with balance and posture and, and strength and all these type of things. We have club fitting, which again, it's, it's crazy in the amount of variables that they have even with club fitting now. So put that to the side and say, we got to learn how to play the game. And I think part of playing the game is uh, the puzzle piece that you and I are most biased towards <laughs> is, is, is the mental side of the game. So when you think, Callum, about the, the mental puzzle piece, how do you kind of coach that or, or help people understand the importance? So the mental, the mental part of the game, as we would argue, um, is, is the most important, in my opinion. It's the catalyst for all the other elements. So you have the technical, you have the physical, you have whether it's the course management, the experience, the decision making, the club fitting. And then the, the part that's going to allow all of those components to work to their optimal is the mental game. And the way that I look at that is through various different angles. And there's so many, again, it's almost like its own puzzle, Rick. To some yeah, extent. So, yeah. <laughs> that's one piece of a bigger puzzle, but then we've got the entire puzzle with the mental game. So we would look at things like emotional control. We would look at things like self-belief. We would look at things like um, self-awareness. We would look at all these different elements as really important skills. And they're all skills, in my opinion, that can be trained over time that we need to develop through regular routines, through regular habits, through regular reflection, all these different powerful, important tasks that need to be done in order to develop that part of the mental game. So there's so many different elements and we can go into all of them, emotions, we can go into all of them, but the important thing to really understand is that every single one of them is trainable through regular routines, through regular habits, through regular reflection. I think that's really, really vital. The question I have as well, and almost just before we go even deeper into the mental game, Rick, I want to ask about ownership of all these different components, because I think it's really, really important and how you see it with the players, because I think where a lot of players fall down is that they don't take ownership of every single part of this puzzle. They almost feel as though it's the coach's job. And this is what I have a coach for. But to what extent do you think a player should take ownership of their technical capabilities, their mental capabilities, their club fitting, their, all these different parts? Because what I see, and I remember our conversations we've had in the past, but you like it when actually the players are able to understand some of the different technical issues they're having and actually be able to, before they even come and speak to you, they've already identified what they believe to be the issue, what they believe has maybe gone wrong. So across all those things, and we'll dive more into the mental again, I just want to talk about ownership. How important is that from a player's standpoint to gain the intelligence, gain the knowledge of their own game and take ownership of it? You just said the key thing is gain the knowledge and it's about self-awareness. When you start to put it on somebody else, like uh, somebody has, let's say somebody shoots 80 and they're a very, very good player and they uh, miss a lot of drives, Right. And their first response is to text their coach. Hey, what did I do wrong? To me, that's the wrong question. To me, it's like, oh, I hit eight of my drives left, missing the fairway going to the left. My coach has told me before that from a physical standpoint, that means I come under plane and I rotate the club face too much. You know what? I should go to the range right now and do some of those drills. Now, I'm not saying they're going to exactly fix it. I'm not, but at least they're like being aware. And having this learning process occur, you and I talk a lot about pattern recognition, immediate feedback, right? I want to get the feedback of what happened. I want to recognize the pattern. I've done that before. I can do something. Now you're taking ownership. Doesn't mean you always have the solution, but I'm just going to tell you from a swing uh, coach's standpoint, I can't stand when 30 minutes after a, a tournament, I'm getting that text with, hey, what does this look like? I don't know why. It's like, wait a second. We've talked about this. Okay. And I think that's the same thing with 
exercise. I think it's the same thing when you and I talk about uh, the mental side of, of, of mindfulness and stuff like that. If you're not going to do it, um, then that's on you. We don't have, there's no quick fixes. And so I think ownership is, is whether we call it a maturity of the game. Um, but I think it builds resilience. I think it builds where in the moment you can problem solve quicker. Um, and ultimately I think, and I think what's missing in life sometimes is responsibility anyway. So <laughs> let's take some responsibility for that, um, along the way. Big time. No, I completely agree. I think that's so important for the player's development as well, because we can't just be relying on other people to develop and to improve and to grow. We need to be taking ownership at all times for our own growth, our own development, because the coach won't always be there. They won't always be accessible every single hour of the day. So it's about making sure that you can work through some of these problems yourself and, and solve problems continuously. I, I honestly think that, and this is the way that I view life to some extent, and some people may say it's more of a negative perspective or, or whatever, but I see life as just one big opportunity to solve problems. It's just problems are thrown at me and I would call them more challenges rather than problems, but they're thrown at me and I have an opportunity to solve them. And I think if every single golfer, every single individual in life could take that forward and take that into every single circumstance, it would be incredibly powerful. So Rick, from your side, from, from your perspective on the mental game, if we talk about that yes. final piece of the puzzle, what do you think makes up that mental game component and how can people train it? Right. So you, you and I pose the question to our clients when we first meet with them. It's like, you know, what is the mental game? And we get a lot of answers and good. There are a lot of answers to this. If I try to boil it down to um, a simple phrase, I believe it's about state management, um, mental, emotional, physical state as I'm executing a golf shot. Now, again, that opens up a lot of other questions, which is wonderful. Yet I want to manage my state. What am I thinking about? What am I feeling? What am I doing? And if I can manage that through reframing of thoughts, if I can do it through visualization and affirmations and breathing and anchoring, and there's a lot of tools and techniques you and I utilize, but why are we utilizing these tools and techniques to optimize someone's state in that moment? Okay. And so that's where, again, I don't think people understand enough that they have control over this. They think it's all reactionary and it happens to them. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. You get a choice of what you think about. You get a choice of how you react. You get a choice of those things. And I think once people have that empowerment, they really look at mental game as, as a game changer. Big time. Big time. Completely agree, Rick. I think it's so important. It's not, it's not what happens that makes the difference. It's your perception of what happens that makes the difference. And I think what people have to remember is what's the desired result? You said it importantly, and you said it repeatedly there, which is state. What state do I want to be in? I want to be in, it may be an excited state. It may be a relaxed, focused state. You determine and you figure out what state you perform best in, and then ask yourself the question and find ways to get you into that state the best way possible. I always remember various people, and this is more in the business world, but talking about the desired result is the focus, is the most important thing. I remember hearing a story of a guy who he asked one of his colleagues to go and find a piece of information. And that colleague came back and said, oh, well, I tried to find the information, but I rang five people. And he said, well, the desired result was to find the, to, to find the information. She said, yeah, but I called five people and I couldn't get it. And he said, well, we have to focus on the desired result. The result we wanted wasn't to call five people. The result we wanted was to get the piece of information. Now, if we could do that in one call, that's much more valuable than doing it in five. So I think, again, when it comes down to training the mental game, an important thing to remember is not to do things for the sake of it, to tick a box, 
but actually to ask yourself the question of what is going to change my state right now in this moment and into the future, priming it for the future in order to be in the best mindset, mental capacity possible. And if that's one thing that you can do in order to get into that position, you're onto a winner. Now, it may, need, it may mean that you need to combine a various different combination of things, but keep it as simple as possible. You don't need to just do things to tick boxes. You need to remember what the desired result is. And that is optimal yes. state for performance. Yeah. And I go back to, you know, I was a swing coach first and you have an optimal result. You want, you pick a target, you want the club face to be square to the target. You mean that's basic, right? If the club face was four degrees open, that ball's going to the right. I don't care how your mindset was, but if my mindset and state was optimized, you might be relaxed enough to let the club face come through and not steer it and not protect and not be in fear mode. And so when we put these puzzle pieces together and we have a optimal state with the best equipment or our body is running well and, and we, we know mechanically what we need to do, we are, we're optimizing everything to that point. I think the last thing that I want to jump in on, which I know you stress a lot is going back to training it is you and I talk about flow states a lot from a, a recovery standpoint and it's most people think they got to work harder all the time and, and we want them to work smarter. We want them to um, manage their energy better and stuff. And I know we'll talk this, about this on a separate podcast, but when you think about energy management, recovery and those type of things, that's a key, that is a key puzzle piece to all of this. Huge. It's absolutely vital. And I think that obviously slots quite nicely into the physical side. And that's where people usually slot it. But actually, as we say, it sits in the mental part as well. When you go out on that golf course, not only are you draining yourself of physical energy, you're also draining yourself of mental energy. And the problem is that so many players, competitors, they spend so much time in the thinking part of their brain whilst they're out there that they're actually using up even more energy. They're using up so much energy that it's actually detrimental to their performance. If we can spend a little bit more time off the golf course, on the golf course, in competition, in the subconscious part of our brain, we actually conserve a lot more energy than we realize. And I think that's what's really, really important. And we can tie that into sleep. We can tie that into so many different places. But ultimately, all these things have an impact on our emotional state, on the state in which we are in. So make sure that your sleep is in the right place. Make sure that you're spending more time in the subconscious part of your brain rather than thinking part of your brain. Use all of those things to essentially optimize your state and ensure that you're conserving energy that can be utilized for things that are going to support or benefit you rather than things that are going to be of detriment. I think it's really, really key. Exactly. And, and so I think, again, my bias is that the mental game, emotional, the state management is the glue that puts all these puzzle pieces together. So not only do they fit, but they're able to repeat themselves. Okay. A lot of people are in the repeatability and that's why they practice on the range over and over again, the same skill. And I go, that's great. What state were you in there? And was that the same state you took to the first tee? And most people say, well, no. Then I go, well, that's a different glue then, right? So we want that glue to now really put those puzzle pieces together. And so those listeners out there, I want you to look at all puzzle pieces, even though we're, we, we want you to really look at the mental emotional, do look at your technical side, do look at your physical fitness, do look at equipment, all of those pieces will stack upon each other. And then we really have that glue and the other puzzle pieces of the mental, emotional and the state we're in. Um, to give yourself, again, the best opportunity to optimize your performance. Absolutely. It's, it's about the sum of the parts is bigger than the parts as individuals. So really, really key that you look at all those different elements 
and that you make sure that, as you say, your, your mental part of you, your emotional part, your state is the glue that holds it all together. So really key that you get all of them lined up. Rick, all right. another great conversation. Really enjoyed that. Looking forward to the next one. And uh, we'll catch you all soon. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I know you've received some incredible information. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe. Rick, how can our listeners learn more about the Flowco Golf Academy? Are you a coach or a player? Well, I've created two free masterclasses. One for a coach to help you grow your mental game coaching business. And one for a player to master your mental game. Head over to www.flowco.golf to gain free access now.